fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. <laughs> it's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the nutrition heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Heretic. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. Today in the studio, I have my good friend Stephanie Wallace. She is a pet expert, former vet tech and trainer. Is that what you did? Yes, and, I did do training. And now you uh, run a company called Lava Dogs Treats and Things. She makes the the cutest, healthiest dog treats I've ever seen because I once considered getting a dog for myself. And this was after I found what worked for my health. And I realized that if I did get a dog, which I still haven't done, that I would not feed them kibble or canned food. I would want to go with uh, something that mirrored my beliefs about how I should feed myself. Because I think that, uh, you know, we can, we can bullshit ourselves as much as we want about what comes in a box that's good for us and better than what has been on the planet coexisting with us for, for millennia. Uh, but when it comes to dogs and cats and all the other wild creatures, they're not getting in a kitchen. They're not eating out of cans in the wild <laughs> or boxes. <laughs> so we have to really take their health seriously. And that's why I invited Stephanie to be here and to talk about these things. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your background, where you started. Tell, talk to me a little bit about the, the whole vet tech thing, because I found that fascinating. Well, I have always been someone that liked animals. I am the kid that brought home the strays, the jackrabbits, the lizards, the cats. I uh, played doctor. My poor mother, bless her heart. <laughs> so it's like inherent. If we didn't find a stray dog, we found a dog and called it a stray in hopes that we could keep it. But I was always raised with dogs and animals. My first job was with horses when I was 12. And I drove a horse and carriage, and I knew then that I wanted to be with animals. After that, when I was 18, I got a job at a wild animal park, a lot like SeaWorld, but it, mm. it had more of an educational premise to it, um, which I liked. And I became a trainer. I worked with the ungulates, which are the hoofed animals, mm. rhinos, giraffes, camels. And then I also fed the big cats and birds of prey. And it was education. Like we had a rhino horn, and we'd sit out and talk about how their habitat was being destroyed, explain to them why they're being dehorned and killed and how it is the same as the hair and nails. So back in the 90s, I was still doing that. But through working in that, I also got to work with the vets at that time. And I knew that that was the caretaking and the nurturing side of it was something I wanted to do. So after I left there, quite honestly, it just didn't pay enough to survive on. And another company that was more amusement park based took over and I no longer wanted to participate in their level and ideals of care that I went to vet tech school 
and I became certified. You have to do a lot of um, hours and internships. I got to work with some amazing veterinarians. I got to do a little bit of large animal vet tech. I got to see the Clydesdales Mm -hmm. and from Budweiser. They're amazing, beautiful Mm. animals and their owners are incredible. Is being a vet tech the equivalent of being a nurse for humans? It, It is. We would do like the dentals, the extractions, we'd assist in surgery. We would give the shots, do the worming. You know, if we had like a hit by car come in, we'd do the the IVs, prep them for surgery, do things like that. We were responsible for the x-rays, filling the prescriptions, cleaning, grooming, boarding, cleaning pens, walking. You basically did everything and, you know, help the doctors out. Right. And I started, I'm originally from California and I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. And when I got into the veterinary technician, it was in Vallejo, California, mm-hmm. and it's a socioeconomically depressed area, had a high crime rate. And unfortunately, it was at the time that pit fighting had just, and dog fighting had become big. And actually, one of my dogs was taken out of my backyard and used as a bait dog. I was, <gasps> yeah, I was left to identify him only by his collar. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so it was really hard because I had gone into a profession where I wanted to love and take care of animals. And I ended up treating a lot of fighting dogs and a lot of victims of dogs' fights. And in the veterinary world, you can't discriminate. And the dog was the helpless victim. Right. So we would treat him. And we also did, I didn't count on the human factor of being a veterinary technician. So I was given litters of kittens to euthanize and puppies or people that just neglected their dogs or mistreated them. And it was really hard for me. So I had the best intentions, but it was really jading me on humankind. Yeah. I mean, especially where I was at. So I ended up leaving it. If you know Stephanie, she's not this kind of pie-eyed, crunchy person, you know, who's, who's just looking for something to whine about. This is, this is like serious business she's talking about here. It's, yeah. I think, I think anybody with any kind of compassion for anything, any living thing at all, uh, or, or even other humans is, uh, touched on this level. It's not, yeah. this isn't just you being overly sensitive no. to, to, uh, you know, the plight of animals. No, the, the, the final straw, my last day, we actually had a dog come in that was used as a bait dog. And, um, degloving is when the skin is separated from the muscle and nerves, not to be graphic. Yeah. This dog from its mid neck all the way its entire head of skin was hanging off of the muzzle (sighs) from a dog fight. And we were instructed to repair it and give it back to the owner who we knew did dog fighting because his other dogs and we'd report it and that's all we can do. And and that was kind of the end for me. Yeah. I I couldn't in good heart repair a dog. Just to give it back to the same situation yeah. and that was an ongoing thing and it for mo- so for morally as much as i loved all the other animals i took mm-hmm. care of morally just helping that one family mm-hmm. i in my heart i couldn't that's not why i got into right. it um so i did leave and then i went on but i always had animals um i went to sacramento i trained a couple dogs and stuff but 
the reason I started the dog bone company is I adopted a dog, a husky Malmute from a vet. He was a soldier and he had just been deployed over to Afghanistan and his wife had just had their first baby mm-hmm. and he couldn't handle his hyper little six month husky Malmute Kaya. So I adopted her and I promised, you know, to keep her and take care of her. And shortly afterwards, she developed an autoimmune disease mm. and I found her in the middle of the night banging into walls. Mm. She had had a glaucoma attack and oh, gone no. blind. <gasps> yeah. So I took her to the ER vet and let me preface this by saying I didn't have a great job and my annual income was probably 32000 mm-hmm. and I was struggling. It was definitely check to check. By the time I was done with Kaya treating her, it was over $6,000. Ouch. So <laughs> I am a true animal lover, right. but I had made a promise to a soldier that just left his family too, that I wouldn't put her down. Right. And she was a great dog. Yeah, she yeah. ended up going completely blind, but in the course of it, she couldn't have any wheat anything that caused inflammation, anything like that. And in trying, and it wasn't a time that it was well known for people or dogs. Right. So in the time that I went to do that, the treats were so insanely expensive along with the food. And I had to give her medicine when she'd have attacks 21 times a day was mm-hmm. the most. So I went to the bookstore and I got like a gluten-free paleo cookbook, screwed up a lot of, um, recipes and then developed the dog bones. But that's when I started to realize that diet played a big role, not just in people, but dogs too. And I was the normal person that just thought, Oh, it's, you know, fluffy and, yeah, whatever I am. Bonzo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I am's knows best. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think, Oh, you know, I never put a lot of thought into it until I had to. And I literally saw the direct effects of, bad nutrition and improper ingredients mm-hmm. and how they do affect our animals. Yeah, because dogs aren't baking bread. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not they're not boiling up pots of rice. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and if they are they're eating all those lovely hormone induced mm. chickens and stuff. Mm. Oh, so yummy. Yum. <laughs> so, uh but yeah, that's I mean it's it's really important and for all intents and purposes they're carnivores. Exactly. And, we we yeah. do have people that want to feed them vegan and vegetarian diet. Don't even get me started. I know. No. <laughs> Talk about cruelty to animals. Jeez. <laughs> Everybody, I actually, I have several people that come to my booth or contact me on my Etsy store and ask me if I make vegan and vegetarian bones. And <laughs> it's hard to remain professional, but I do kindly answer that no, I don't. <laughs> you aim to feed them their natural diet. Yes. Please look at our Nordic breeds and our wolves because they're direct descendants and they're not eating roots and twigs and nuts. <laughs> that's like, that's like uh, one time I, I got approached by a, a woman at the vegetable co-op that I belong to. And she's she was fascinated that I was Jamaican. And she says, so I went to this vegan restaurant and I had vegan oxtails. How do you have that? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> How Oxtails. does that work? Well, apparently you, t- you start with a stick of sugar cane, wrap it in tempeh or something. Uh huh. And then make it in a lovely sage sauce. Sage being an herb I've never seen a Jamaican cook with. <laughs> wait, that's not even the same region. 
Oh because that's gosh. where all and, the oxtails come yes, from. Sugar cane. Yes. With it's like that wrapped in puppy soy. dog tails and I was so beside myself. I, it's like, How do I do I do I laugh in her face? Do I cry? For a <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, do I just slap her? You know, like, come on. <laughs> after a while, you just get you're you're like, really? How is that even termed an oxtail? I don't know, but you know, just find another word for it. See, this is what I, what I'm saying is just find another word for yeah. it. Crap on a stick. <laughs> In the sage sauce. <laughs> so, anyway. Vegan oxtail. I might have to make a vegan oxtail bone. That- <laughs> I can't even joke about that. I mean, I could. So, um... <laughs> so, so actually, I, I have to tell you, um, if you come to the big island of, of Hawaii, come up to our town, Waimea, and come up on a Wednesday... Yeah, yeah, and and you'll and you'll see Stephanie in her element <laughs> selling her dog bones. She actually uh, does smoked bones, but then she does these cute little specialty items. I do. T- tell them what you made for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I, I want to start this by saying I don't have kids. So <laughs> this is her so outlet. It's my outlet. I took like a bacon peanut butter dough for my bones and I molded little tiny turkeys. Oh my gosh, they were so cute. I I even roasted them. They look like roasted turkeys. They had the legs and everything. But because I wanted them to have turkey dinner too. Right. And then then recently you made hamburgers. I did. I made hamburgers. What was that that thing that you used for the lettuce? What was it? Oh, I made a leather out of broccoli stems and spinach. Organic spinach. And then the tomato was beet um, a beet leather, so it was pureed cool. beet. Dogs yeah. can have tomatoes. Well, they can, but okay. you know, just it was wondering. one more thing I could play with. <laughs> <laughs> and any chance she gets to play with something, I know, <laughs> with food. So, so yeah, she makes these wonderful treats, and you sell a lot of this stuff on your Etsy store too, right? You I have, do. Like, Valentine's Day. She made peeps for Easter. Peep tarts. <laughs> I made peep tarts. <laughs> Why have a pop tart when you can have a peep tart? Those were so much fun. So this week, I I just got my donut pan. I'm so excited. So I'm sitting there thinking, I can't just make plain donuts. So I think. Say donut again. Donut. Uh, you said donut. 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 Yeah, it's from, it's from a Cali accent. Like, donut. I, didn't, I never noticed that before. That's oh, so cute. I know it's a donut. Donut makes sense. So, as you can tell, I'm very uptight and serious. Yes. So I think the donut mm-hmm. might be like a play on summertime, perhaps an inner two. I'm not sure. Ah, yes. Uh, it may have. Yes. I'm thinking of a. Well, I can't give it away. You just yeah, I was gotta say, check you can't out be. my Instagram. Yeah, check, check out oh, Instagram. Oh, but the one thing I can tell is that I am doing a special bone for, because we have so many awesome patriotic holidays coming up. That's what I was going to ask about next. Yes. I am making a special bone for um, an organization that takes shelter animals and they um, help our veterans that need companion pets and stuff like that, adopt them. It's called Pets for Patriots. And so all a dollar of every bag that I sell is going to go for Pets for Patriots. Knowing me, I'll probably make like a special bone. I have some in mind that half of the proceeds will go for that. Mm -hmm. So if it's like a dollar, I'd give it 50 cents will go for them. Awesome. 
that's uh, really cool. So other than that, let's see. I actually wanted to touch a little bit more on something that you, you kind of touched on before, which is the whole animal cruelty Ugh. issue. And obviously, it's, it's clearly a problem. Yes. However, I also see that there's a lot of propaganda around it for yes. people to get their way, uh, yeah. to instill fear, to get people to change the way they eat, to get people to change what they want <laughs> or yeah. what have you. And a lot of this is for profit. This is, this is not, we, we look at these as the, oh, this poor animal. Oh, look at that. And then we're finding out that a lot of this stuff is fraud. So one of the things you and I were talking about earlier, was this video that's been shown about an orangutan strawberry strawberry the orangutan speaking via skype <laughs> to a deaf girl and uh the conversation basically proceeds that strawberry says to the girl so what's your favorite food <laughs> and the little girl says i eat peanut butter well what's in your peanut butter and it's peanuts and palm oil and sugar and oh palm oil you're destroying my home little girl yeah tell me about that what's your what's your gut reaction when you see something like that well besides <laughs> laughter first of all having i having worked with exotics and yes some of them were primates and are apes they do not conceptualize like that. Mm -hmm. Also, if you've ever watched video of our famous signing Coco the gorilla. She's the smartest one. Oh, my goodness gracious. She actually is quite amazing. Yeah, I'm is. fascinated with gorillas. But they're even more higher functioning than orangs. Right. And if you've ever watched the way Coco signs, it's like someone learning to speak English. It's very target words. It's very broken. And then not only that, her, she incorporates her own signs. Yes. So the vets actually had to find had out to learn yes, her. her language and that she may have said something in a certain order, mm. but that's the way she chose to say it. And then right. they realized, oh, she's saying she's hungry. So for an orangutan, first of all, they just, they don't think that way and they wouldn't conceptualize that palm oil was destructive. Um, right. The, the thing above their head, basically. Yes. And, yeah. So um, that was my first clue that that was probably fake. It also came out at a time where they needed something like that to come out. But if you look, actually, a lot of people have looked into that and they did determine that it was all propaganda. In mm -hmm. fact, CNN released a statement that the orangutan's name wasn't even strawberry. <laughs> so... Well, you know, I had a couple of weeks ago, I had Bruce Fife, the coconut oil guy. He's the guy who initially wrote the, the, uh, the books about coconut yeah. oil. So I asked him about it. And his response was that the soybean industry is so bleeding uh, for, for attention because everybody realizes yeah. that their product is mostly GMO and it's toxic and it screws your hormones yes. and it screws your, you know, your weight. And, you know, if your That's wife exactly wants to come after you with too much soy. <laughs> If you're, but if you're, you know, if your wife comes at you with a baseball bat in one hand and a frying pan in the other, it's it might soy. be soy. So, uh, he said, and so people are, are wising up to this now and they realize that coconut and palm oil accelerate weight loss, help you balance your hormones, help with all these other areas of yeah. you know, skincare and, and anti-aging, yada, 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 uh, that they've been creating these propaganda pieces to not even necessarily promote them as much as put into devalue. question yeah, yeah. and devalue the people they lost the market share to basically. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it's very telling. And then we also discussed this other video about the the monkey, <laughs> the monkey. that is trained to pick all the coconuts in a, in a, in an entire grove until he exhausts and goes and then his brother has to <laughs> take up the job for him that is a dedicated monkey yeah it's yeah. got to be a small grove i'm telling you <laughs> i know yeah. it's just- and then okay so here's the other thing monkeys you can't just give them a command and they go at it right and i can't even do that with my five-year-old no it, it's like working with a five-year-old it's like it's it might get vacuumed that room Right. But it's going to be after a lot of protests. Right. It's not going to be done right. Right. Exactly. You know, and you might have to go over it a bajillion times before it happens. Right. And and, so, and things will get destroyed in the, in the process. Yes. Like coconuts. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. But, and then like I said, is it worse to have a monkey that enjoys climbing, picking coconuts or a bunch of people that might be out there in the sun working hard and underpaid? So, right. Well, actually, according to, to Bruce, again, uh, when I asked yeah, him about that, I said that. Uh, he he said that uh, the places that he visited, at least, right. that uh, it seemed that the people were getting paid fair wages for right. their area of the world. <laughs> yeah. That, but, how many, is, but that's not in every area. Right. Exactly. I don't know. There's always two sides to every right. coin. And I mean, and this is one of the reasons why whenever there's a new buzzword you know the oh everybody's gonna eat kale did you know we have a kale shortage on the island no oh yeah there's a kale shortage because kale is that in demand Uh, a a vegetable that nobody knew about 20 years ago is now in so much demand that there is actually a a a kale shortage because everybody is juicing pounds of kale every day uh why not just eat it i don't understand why juice it there could I mean, in, there in are small benefits. amounts there are some benefits. And yeah. especially if you've got compromised digestion, you need to rest the digestive that, system and that. that kind this of stuff. True. But people do it to the point that now as I've mentioned on many episodes, I am starting to see people who are reacting to all of these green leafy vegetables being juiced, being eaten raw, and uh it's it's messing up their joints and uh their thyroids mm-hmm. and their digestion. But everything uh, because in moderation. Everybody says it. I but, know. You know, most of the time when somebody says that to me, they got like a donut hanging. <laughs> I don't. I ate it before I came. Actually, I didn't. But I made a killer omelet this morning. Mm, but omelet. I can't get a hold of spinach. I'm like. Yes, I know. It's very hard to get spinach, especially because uh, it's a cool weather crop. And, I know. And we're coming. We're not out on of, a cool weather island. No, not really. But I mean, our neighborhood is. We need cool. a fair weather friend to get us that cool weather crop. <laughs> <laughs> Only you. Okay, so let's get back to the uh, the treats a little bit and and what we feed our pets. Uh, it, are there a couple of key places where you can say people can go ahead even before they get to your Etsy store? What can they do differently for their pets that? And actually, this is this is somewhat related to a question that one of our our listeners has. Uh, but what is something that people can do? Maybe the top two or three things that people can do to feed their pets what they need to. And in, in particular, let's just focus on dogs um, and, 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 and things that they need to avoid like that might be potentially absolutely. toxic. So I would say the absolute number one thing that every pet owner should do. And I know it sounds a little bit extreme, but most people don't know that pet food is not regulated in the U.S. Uh-huh. Not where we get it, not what they put in it, not where they source it, not how it's made, any of it. Well, you know, there was that big China thing mm-hmm. a couple of years back. Yeah. More than a couple. Yeah. 
if you actually do research, there are so many companies that have produced food that has been killing dogs and making it sick. Milk bone is one of them. If you look at the ingredients in milk bone, that is the absolute probably worst thing you can give your dog. It is so full of actual toxins. It is so full of toxins. It is not allowed to be sold in Europe. Whoa. But we sell it here. Because our good old FDA. And it's cheap. Right. So the best thing you can do is before you grab that bag of food, please do research on the company Mm -hmm. and the ingredients. Find out if there's been any reports. Perfect example. My friend who meant to do well picked up a food from a feed store that they promoted, they liked, and it was made by a veterinarian and it looked really good. And it was just in a generic bag and he fed it to him and then he had to go away on business and I was going to watch his dogs. When I got there that night, his two dogs had been ill and I had said, Hey, what's going on? Have they been sick? And he said, no, but I didn't transition their food over. So they might be upset. I don't know if when you change your brand of food, you need to mix it for a couple of days so their stomachs can accumulate. So I thought, Oh, that, you know, that might be it. So I fed him their dinner, but I hung around because there's a different smell, not to be gross, but mm-hmm. when you work in a vet clinic, there's a different smell from poisoning versus sick sometimes. Yes. And I had kind of gotten a smell of it and it didn't look right. Sure enough, his dogs got extremely sick. In fact, um, I had to keep him in the bathroom and it was so out of control. And his older dog, who's seven, through the course of it, he almost died. Um, <gasps> yeah. So I had called um where we got it said hey we're sending it in for testing and then we both got on the internet and looked and he had so many reports of this food killing dogs and making them sick sure enough we had asked them they said oh we're sending it in for testing too they never reported what their testing came back but it was off the shelves and they don't sell it and when we kept asking about it they evade the question Mm. the fact that they don't sell it but so even the best looking dog food right. can have some evil. And who well, knows? I was going to say, are, are there a couple of ingredients that people can look for that they might say? You know, offhand. I mean, are there things that are going to look like food on the label? Like chocolate. Yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to feed dog chocolate. There's so many chemicals. And um, like yeah. if you look up milk bone, you'd be freaked out of what's in it. And it's kind of like people food. It's not even how what's in it it's how they process it to extract that exactly and there's remnants of that so you got to look at that so also there are foods like dogs can't have avocado seeds so if your Mm -hmm. dog is an avocado eater please remove the skin and take out the seed because they're both toxic and it's cumulative just like chocolate there is no dose of chocolate so if your dog accidentally eats chocolate Mm -hmm. um it's cumulative one dog might die from a bar and some like my retriever, my friend was sitting at and accidentally at Christmas time got into a whole bag, you know, aside from foil coming out, you know, but he was fine, but it's, it's a cumulative and every dog is different. Chocolate, nutmeg. They can't have grapes. They can't have raisins. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of websites. Onions? Onions. They shouldn't have onions. Garlic is um, questionable. Okay. There's essential oils if you're someone that uses essential oils mm. with your dog, which is also just like people, it's very beneficial. Right. Just like people, you need to make sure it is a good quality grade, therapeutic grade. 
there is a dosing for dogs. There is too much. There are some you need to look at them. There are some that are not good for dogs mm-hmm. um, or not good for some dogs that are on chemo or older. Right. And if you go online, there's like, I love the magazine um, Dogs Naturally. They have a lot of great information and articles and they talk a lot about essential oils and they're really good. But so there's, I guess, being an advocate for your dog. And if you can, and I know it, people laugh, if you can make your own dog's food, there's a lot of, like, Dogs Naturally has recipes. There's a lot of really good websites out there. It's really easy to do. You mix up vegetables and meats, things like that, and you can even make it and stick it ahead in the freezer for 30 days. And then you know what your dog's getting. Exactly. Especially if they're older dogs and their Mm -hmm. stomachs are compromised, stuff like that. Because while the market tries to cater, it's for a general population. Certain breeds, Danes, Great Danes need to be fed differently Mm -hmm. than a Chihuahua. And a Labrador, different breeds have different. It's just like people. There's no one recipe. So, um, and it's getting to know your pet. Exactly. What's, what's, when does he look good? When is his coat shiny? When are his Mm -hmm. eyes bright? Coconut oil is great for dogs. I only use organic coconut oil in all my bones and I make, um, bone marrow broth. Mm. Bone marrow, I, it's a two day process. I cook out that bone marrow. It actually is a gelatin by the time I use it. And I use a lot of fresh herbs and stuff like that. And I use all fresh vegetables yeah the meat is the same meat i eat i was gonna say um i would assume and um this is i guess a two-part comment slash question first of all how do you feel about the barf diet bones and raw food i think it's great actually i've known a lot of people to say that the people with show dogs in particular use that diet yes and uh they say that their vet bills go down by over 70 percent once they switch to that because the pet food companies were telling us, oh, you can't feed your dog yeah. raw raw meat because he'll want to eat you. <laughs> yeah, because that always makes Yes, sense. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because every time I eat sashimi, I start eating, you know, I'm going to eat that cook. You know? <laughs> like, whatever. Dogs are... <laughs> so, <laughs> come on, man. You know, my sister, her dog got cancer mm-hmm. and she went around and she had a vet who also was kind of holistic, even though they were veterinarian, but she'd done research and she found out the raw diet mm-hmm. was good. And Skylar did so much better on it mm-hmm. that she now adopted another dog and they continued feeding it. It's just like people, when people get cancer, mm-hmm. they tell them to eat raw meat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Meat. Yeah. Eat meat. Yeah, I mean, um, and and then the other part of that dogs is, need meat. Yeah, they're they're, they're not like, vegans and they're not vegetarians, and I hate to say it, guys, they don't care where the meat comes from and how it came. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah, and it, it's funny you say that too because a friend of mine, she has chihuahuas and they never had a real bone, but I make a lot of bone broth. Mm-hmm. And particularly my pork bones, I can't give it back to the farmer for the pig to eat, right? right? So, so I'm like always looking for people with dogs. Yeah. And I'm like, and so I'm always going to people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Eat your brother. Exactly. So, uh, so. Jeffy Dahmer. 
she, she came over one night and we were and and the dogs were outside and and i said would you like to give them some bones from the stock that i just made she's like you know they've never had them but sure go ahead so i gave them bones and it was so instinctive yeah like, you know, like when you say they don't oh, care yeah. where it came from like no. they totally knew what to do with it yeah. and they licked that thing clean oh I mean, yeah it was just it, it was really impressive to that's see. another good point people especially with little dogs want to give their dogs soft food and not give them mm. bones their teeth need resistance. Yes. They will rot. They will fall out. They have to have crunchy food. Don't just feed them wet food. It is, they need to have something crunchy. They need bones to chew on. Their and, and teeth you, you, need you, that. Your smoked bones, you call those the babysitter, is it? Yes. <laughs> Actually, I, I shouldn't say I did. I had so many customers that came back that said, I need another one. I'm going to Hilo for the day or we're having company and, you know. Don't want the dog jumping up on the guest. Banks was gone for like six hours with this bone. We didn't see him. So they called him. One of them said, I need another babysitter. And so <laughs> they come for And it's funny because people come weekly. Mm-hmm. So they, because if they're leaving or they say that their dog doesn't chew up everything. Right. You know, their instinct is to chew and it's because it strengthens their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So we give them the babysitter and mine is smoked. And then it's at a temperature that the marrow stays in and Mm, the bone doesn't get brittle. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so, okay. So the other part I was going to say is that you could probably, because I I think a lot for a lot of people right now, they're hearing this and they're just thinking, I can't freaking afford that. Uh, it's it's, so, it's going to be so expensive, be but a lot of exactly because a lot of times you could go to a butcher in a yes. supermarket, yeah, and they're they have a bucket load of of stuff that scraps yes. that humans don't want, you know, yep. for the pretty packaging, and it's and it's sitting there and it's going to go in the trash anyway. Yeah. And if they sell it to you, it's probably going to be what fifty cents a pound, something yeah, like that. It, like usually, it's, there, it's there's it's actually nominal in our in our in our stores here. They actually sell the bones, yes, and it's marked pet food, yes. Or like the ends of the fish or something. It's marked right. pet food. Now, most people use them as smoked, as soup bones right. and stuff. But they can't say it's yes, for humans. Exactly. But it's cheap. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, uh, don't, I think, don't yeah. be afraid of it, I guess is what no. I'm saying. And don't anticipate that you're not going to have access. Because there's all, you know, everybody's got that one hunter friend who can Absolutely. just, you know, or, throw a deer bone at the you know, <laughs> seriously, lower limb or something. Yeah, have this femur. So... Um, yeah, and I promise they're not going to eat you after eating that bone. <laughs> not, I mean, if they were going to eat you, it was going to happen whether you ate that, give them that yeah. bone or not. So, please, feed your dogs meat. Now, have you uh, gotten into the raw milk thing? And this, I don't know if it works the same with dogs as it does for cats. But as kids, we always, at, at our generation, would see these books with a yeah. cat lapping up milk, right? Uh-huh. And then Iams came out and said, don't give your cat milk. It's going to kill the cat. It doesn't don't like do kill it, him. Right? But it does give him diarrhea. I was going to say, <laughs> well, but, but, but. So the book, but, but, you didn't, but, but, you had to but, flip the page to see him in the litter box. <laughs> holding their stomach saying, why did she do it again? But there's, there's a couple of rules here though. Yeah. Uh, do you know, do you know those studies of Pottinger's cats where he has, he has, a, uh, uh, I think it was four different cats, t- you know, uh, and then he gives them different diets. Yeah. One has raw milk, 
one has pasteurized milk, another right. one has, I think, evaporated milk, and then he has like reconstituted milk. Oh yeah, Some, yeah, mm, nasty. Uh, <laughs> so he he does these experiments, and he finds that the ones doing the powdered milk are like sterile, basically. Yeah. And with each processing, they they gone. have they have more health problems, and oh, yeah. until they become uh, osteoporotic. And then also, uh, or osteoporotic, and then uh, also uh, uh, sterile, and, mm-hmm. you know, after several generations, but it depends on just how processed it is. The only ones that never had that were the ones on the raw milk. Yeah. And when he took the other ones that had all the damage done and put them on raw milk. It was reversed. They, they, everything reversed. Now, that's not to say that milk is bad for cats in dogs. Right, right, right. You just don't want to feed them copious amounts. Well, but the other thing is, is, is learning I how can, to introduce it. Exactly. Because he, you, just like you said with the, your friend with the dog food, <laughs> yeah. and he didn't transition from one brand yeah. of dog food to another, the, the, the recommendation is always to start with small amounts. Right. Uh, just, you know, like a teaspoon in, right. mixed with their food. Exactly. At first. Yeah. And then gradually, and, and it's funny because I had told that to a friend of mine. She had a cat that was very, very ill and he was, he was like 22 years, some crazy, you know, like Crypt Keeper Cat. Yeah. And so, so this cat was, uh, doing really, really poorly. And, you know, but, you know, she obviously wants to keep her cat around. And crazy. we had gone at crazy, right? <laughs> so she wanted to, she, she had gone out with me to Lancaster County. We used to, you know, I was living in New Jersey and I'd go out there a couple times a year and pick up milk and meat and butter and all this stuff. And so she had some raw milk in the freezer and she's like, you know, I'm going to try and see what happens. Cause, you know, she told me about this and, I'm starting to not trust the IMS people <laughs> and I'm going to yeah. try this. So she started giving it to her cat. She said the one, well, she had two cats and actually she had three at the time. The, the first of all, all of them looked better than ever. And the oh, yeah. one who like really hated her boyfriend suddenly became her, his best friend. Like she totally mellowed out. Her personality was totally different. Issue. Didn't have a hormone issue. And like all of them, their coats got better. Like oh, all yeah. the pet dander and stuff was going oh, away. Yeah. You know, their digestion, all the digestive problems they were having. Well, were I mean, going look away. at all the farm cats. They sit under the yeah. cows and Thank stuff you. and lick up you all know, the milk. Thank you. Thank you. And then Thank eat you. the mice, and meat. Yeah, and oh yeah, well this is and this is snakes. well this is one of the myths. Thank you for I, yeah. I, thank you for bringing this up. No. One of the myths is that humans are the only animals that drink the milk of another animal. That no, which goes not. to show that you have never been on a farm because yeah. every every farmer that milks an animal will tell you that the cats and the dogs and the bunnies and everybody, everybody shows comes. up to milking time. They're like, oh girl. <laughs> They're like, just spill a little for me. <laughs> Pull up to Bessie's bar. <laughs> It's true. It's so true, though. It's and and um, I mean, it just goes to show how removed the average person is from the food chain and understanding where food comes from and how other animals react Absolutely. in the presence of that stuff. By contrast, when uh, farmers tell me about the soy they feed to their cows and and so on and so forth, they've got to they've got to mask it, they've got to roast it, they've got to crush it, they've got to mix it, they've got to hide Nobody, it yeah. so many different ways just to get the animals to eat it because it's so foul and it's and it's so instinctive for them to not eat that stuff yeah that they have to they have to really do a lot of doctoring and put something really appetizing with it because the the cow's not going to let himself starve if there's something decent in that it's like uh feeding your kid cough medicine it better taste like grape syrup (laughs) i remember being little and there was this heinous red one that we'd have to eat like when yeah. I got sick and yeah. I, it tasted horrible. And my mother and would like, I don't know. No, I don't know. It was prescribed. I was okay. sick, you know, <laughs> I and, probably had the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was foul and mom had to hold me down. But Ooh, if I saw it was that purple one, yeah, the purple one. I know the purple one. 
like great. Allison <laughs> came up with a cough. <laughs> mop, mop. You know? You're gonna eat more. <laughs> if you have to mask yeah, something exactly. that much to get an animal to eat it, they probably shouldn't be eating yeah. it. Yeah. Just and, like, yeah. I know exactly. it's cheaper people, but if you gotta mix like human food with your dog's regular food to have them eat it, it may not be the one you wanna feel. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. It also tends to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Because if you've ever noticed, like I have not always eaten so healthy in my life, that you realize that when you eat unhealthy, you eat more of it. And because there's like empty nutrients right, in it, exactly. you need more of it. But when you eat right, you're full and it's cheaper because yeah. what it is, it's the same thing. And, 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 I mean, but then also looking at the other side of the equation, like I mentioned, the, the vet bills go down, oh, yeah. your medical bills go down. It's I the mean, same your vet's thing. Gonna hate you yeah, exactly. It, but yeah, you, you know, from yeah. six grand on a dog you oh, didn't even really want to own necessarily. Exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, she was so sweet though. Okay. So here's, here's one of, um, Here's one of our questions, mm-hmm. and this one comes from our audio editor. I always want to call him my engineer because it just sounds nicer, but, you know, audio editor, Nikola Popovich. And he says, is it dangerous to feed the dog our food scraps? We've been doing this forever, and no side effects seem to occur, even the, even with the Maltese dog and we uh, that we have that's supposedly very picky and sensitive to what they eat. Our dog straight up ignores the special and expensive food it's supposed to love and devour and instead chokes them down with just on a, a good old chicken bone and meat. First of all, you don't want chicken bones are horrible for dogs. See, I've heard mixed reviews and I'll tell you. You, on that, you know, on that. it splinters. And, well, and it's because it gets really sharp. Okay. I do not, not agree with you, but my European friends all say that they feed chicken bones and what goes back to my experience working with farmers or buying from farmers and talking to them uh, uh an old amish farmer told me once uh, oh my my grandmother used to say she used to say to give it to the give the chicken bone to the babies to, for the teething yeah right and then later on he starts hearing like oh no you're not supposed to do that because of the splintering factor what they found out was that the chickens raised in captivity splinter Raised in these in these right. factories, splinter right. the ones that are on grass and getting right. the bugs and all right. that stuff. They're as as tough right. as anybody else's bones. Yeah, like if you go to like Kentucky Fried Chicken, that stuff it breaks into it's yeah. dry. Okay. Oh yeah, it's nasty. And most yeah, most people and like barbecue because it's the high temperature, right. it sucks it out really. But right. and that's what it, it's a vet tech. Oh, it was horrible. We'd have so uh, many that were stuck in the throat yeah. or pierced it. Um, so there's so, so many other things you can right. do. Yes, exactly. Aside from that, as far as people food, they're not going to eat you. You're just they're they not going to eat you. And I can't say that I haven't done it. But having said that, you have foods that have things in them that they can't have that are over processed, like soy sauce. Our dogs right. don't need soy sauce. Yeah. Um, they don't need all the salt. We have very salty foods. Dogs are very sensitive. You got to understand that a Maltese for them, they're, they're low in weight. Yes. Their consumption rate of all that is so minimal right. that if you fed them just a little bit, they're not wanting that expensive food because it's now a trained 
behavior. Mm. Sorry. But they're, they're going for your food and because they have the option. They right. can be picky and no, it's kind of like kids. They right, know right. if, if dad says no, they're going to go to mom because she always says right. yes. Same thing. There's better ways to treat a dog. First of all, a dog doesn't know if he got it off of your plate mm. or if it came out of a bag. They don't know the difference. They know the ones they like better. Right. So if you found a healthy treat or option, my dog loved apples. Okay. My dog loved apples. Yeah, I know She'd that. hear me cutting it. So when I was eating dinner, I would put it if I was inclined to feed them. And I try not to feed them from the table because then you can't tell them, no, no, don't Right, beg. exactly. Um, I'd give her apples. She liked pears, things like that. So if you wanted to give them people food, just put something that's healthy. And they're just going to, they just know it's coming from you. Right. And that they like it. Okay. So, but it's not so much that... um there's just so many things, especially like fast food and processed food. Right. There are yeah, so I many he's talking chemicals. About, he's talking about more real food if I if I know Now, what I know he's people eating. that it's, cook steaks for their dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Just be careful with the salt and stuff. I right. mean, there are people, and that's what I'm saying, people right. cook for their dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah And for that's sure. totally cool. Right. Um, but I also know people that throw their dog like a, a big old piece of pizza or the Kentucky fried chicken or something. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think he's talking about, you know, like more uh, kind of the stuff that we've talked yeah. about, you know, the, the soups and stews and some of the you yeah. know, things that we, you know, that that's a lot of those. For all intents and purposes, real food. You know, turmeric just, and yeah. ginger are great for dogs. Oh yeah. You put turmeric in. in I a do. Lot it of has the anti-inflammatory. It, um, you know, it clears out a lot of the toxins and everything mm. like that. So it's good for them. I put it in just about everything. Right. Um, now the uh, other question comes from Angela Wade and she says that this is actually more of a comment than a question. I think there's more value in finding pet food that, that is produced locally, but even when it's pr locally produced pet food and sold in stores, they must still abide by local and federal laws, which apparently there are none. There are uh, she's any. in Canada though, I think. So uh, that, that might, that, that might be different. Uh, or, or at least she's originally from Canada. Uh, we don't have too many, uh, local animal barkeries around here. I think what Stephanie is doing is great because most of the time I'm trying to, uh, mix up my own food mixes for the animals and it's difficult to find food that they love. I will definitely look her up to see what she is doing. Yeah. It, you know, me being in business, the only thing that regulates what I put in my bones, I, and my treats and what I do is me and my morals and my values. Right. Nobody, I don't have the health part department coming, measuring, asking how it's done. Mm -hmm. I'm not even regulated to have a commissary kitchen or anything, right. but I was trained by a, a chef and I do, I, my food is human grade and I take pride in that. Do you ever eat your food to be I, like, oh, is this? I do. Okay. I do. And actually it's kind of funny because people ask me if there is dog food. I always say it's human food with the unsafe elements taken out because it, that's essentially what it is. I mean, I had some lady eat the coconut peanut butter. I made like a coconut um, flour tart mm -hmm. with organic peanut butter. By the way, there's something in Jamaica that looks exactly like that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she ate So it. if you have any Jamaicans eyeing it up, just make sure you let them know what it is. <laughs> she. I had to put a sign that says this place is for the dogs because people think it's cookies. They're like, oh, my daughter wants some. And I always say, well... That's good. She's not going to get a sugar rush. <laughs> so, mm. and there's no salt or sugar, so she may not like it, but 
you know, yeah. well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really fantastic that you're doing that because I think that a lot of people like Angela, uh, and like Nicola, they want to, um, just have fun with their pets, you know, and, yeah. and give them something a little bit, you know, but there's, there's so much mystery. And like we talked about before, there's so much, uh, marketing that goes around trying to dissuade people yes. from feeding their pets actual food. And it's just like with humans, you know, you, we can, like I said at the beginning, we can BS ourselves all day about what works yeah. for us and da, 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 da. And we'll live through the sickness and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll push through it and we'll convince ourselves that it was never that pop tart, whatever, uh, type thing. Uh, but we can't, you can't look at an animal and in all good consciousness, just be like, you, <laughs> you know, no. screw you dog. I'm, just, I'm giving this to you because it's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Because the package said so. It's just my dog. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, and people, people look at dogs and pets differently. Some of them are just chained up on the front yard and they're yeah. there to guard and then some are family. Right. So, you know, that's the hard part of it all. That was the hard part about being a vet tech was the human factor and your own views, but. I personally, my, my own personal motto with my dogs, um, my dog bones and treats. And I also make cat treats. I haven't tried those because I'm not a big sardine eater and stuff like that. No offense people, but I do make a killer. I, I call them sardines. my crack nips. <laughs> instead of catnip treats, it's my crack nip <laughs> treats. And I make like salmon, shrimp, chicken, and mm. sardine. And I use fresh organic spinach from our farms. My house stinks up to high health. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I also <laughs> go to Alaska and barter for salmon. Good for you. I do. And um, so I actually have wild-caught fresh Alaska salmon treats Whoa. for dogs. And I coat it. In dogs or cats? Dogs and dogs cats. Are, dogs and My dogs cat would not let me live if I didn't. A common question, how many dogs I have? None. Um, <laughs> I get asked that. And that's only because my landlords where I rent don't let me um, have any. Mm -hmm. But I have a cool little cat that thinks she's a dog. She loves to play fetch. Cool. Yeah. If I had a dog, if I could have dogs, it would be like that place in Costa Rica that has, have you seen that? It's like the greatest place in the world. It's like they take all the stray and abandoned dogs. There's hundreds of them Uh running around on like acres. Oh, wow. And they take care of them. They're all neutered, all that. And you go and you you can just play with them. Mm. Can you adopt them out? Yes. You go and you just adopt them. So you're in a, like a, it's like, you know, a huge open. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. My house probably look like that. Although they'd be great Danes, you know. I do have horses on my lands. I go out there every day. Nice. I should make horse treats. Yeah, you should get a carriage and start that business up again. You know, someone mentioned there's a carriage company on the island. Really? Like a carriage association. I could see that, I guess. I mean, up here we've got all the ranchers and stuff. Yeah, so I could see that. It take take a hell of a long time to get to Kona. <laughs> I know you horse and buggy. Oh my gosh! Cut down on the gas. Well, gas does go up gonna, as they walk. I was gonna say, I get it'll complaint. be gas will be right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so Look, you're depositing on the land. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Or you know, I usually call you Steffi. Steffi. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for talking uh, about this because I think it is important. Again, especially people like how I found myself in, in a situation where I'm like, you know, 
if I'm going to feed myself better, I'm not going to just give my dog whatever. I, yeah. I have to recognize that animals needs as well. So I really appreciate uh, you talking about that, but also uh, giving us some of your expertise as a vet tech and seeing uh, some of the uh, cruelty and then some of the um, cruelty that's been invented for marketing purposes, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's really important as we go further into this and, and there's you know more and more propaganda coming out. Uh, people need to be able to figure out what's the truth and what's BS just, yeah. you know, by sitting and reflecting a little bit on what they've seen and not, you know, have this knee jerk reaction to everything being. I think in, in anything we do in life, it's good not to go on blind. Oh yeah, totally. So totally. Absolutely. I mean, we've got to be our own best advocates. Absolutely. And sadly. unfortunately, sadly, unfortunately, um, yeah, we, uh, often we just, we were too trusting that someone else is going to do it for yeah. us. And, and that's, um, that's why we have the podcast is so that people yeah. can have enough background and have, have enough perspective on the, the points of view that maybe they've never been introduced to or that they've never heard before and understand, uh, how a, a little bit more why some of these other perspectives exist. Uh, because it's, uh, people don't just, for the most part, don't just make up Thing you know, an opposing view just to be contrarian. It's it's really uh, now, you know, many a, of us in a world through experience run by money. There's always an ulterior motive, mostly. Unfortunately, there we go. I had to say, God bless America. Yeah, for a dollar. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, to everybody for being on the podcast with us today. And actually, Stephanie, you know, I might have you back sooner rather than later. So we'll talk afterwards. (laughs) Your people come up, people. I will. (laughs) Right then. Okay. Well, thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you next week on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean, and our operations manager is Linda Hansen. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you just want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks. Thanks.